Hello, my name is Ryan Wynn. I'm the Emerald's podcast editor, and this is How It's Reported, a podcast from the Emerald Podcast Network about how reporters do the work we do. And today I have Sean Meadow, associate sports editor at the Daily Emerald. How you doing, Sean? I'm doing really well. <laughs> doing really well. Yeah, you're quite familiar with Emerald Podcasts. Yeah, done a, a few done, of these. You've done a few, a few, yeah. a couple, one or two here or there. Okay, so this week you wrote a cover story, did you? Yeah, I guess so. Um, <laughs> tell, tell us about it. Yeah, uh, it's about Kate Murphy. She was a runner for her whole life um, until she got to the University of Oregon when she was supposed to continue running. Um, she has, I'm not even going to try and pronounce pop to, I don't know how to say it. It. I just abbreviate it whenever I talk about it. P-A-E-S. It's a... okay. It's a disease. It's a vascular disease in her legs. So when she was in high school, um, she started feeling her legs getting this pain and her feet numbness. And when she runs, when she was standing, it was weird. And then eventually they discovered it was this disease, this vascular disease. She had some surgeries before her freshman year at the Oregon track and field team. And she's not just any athlete. She was a high schooler, a junior in the Olympic trials. Could you just illustrate for us like how much of an achievement that is for maybe listeners like me who don't have a great understanding of that? Yeah, so she's essentially running with all these pros. She's wearing her high school uniform <laughs> on this track. Really? With a New Balance logo. It's a Nike-sponsored event. They had to measure the New Balance logo to check that she could run in the event with that uniform on because Wait. New Balance, you'd have to tape it up and put a, a, a sticker over it. It was small enough that she was able to not have to tape it. That's crazy. But yeah, just a, not in the story, but that's just a little random fact that I learned. But she runs in this trials and she gets through the, her heat into the semifinal. And then in the semifinal, she runs a 4-14-52 in the 1500. And her her best has been a 407. So she was able to qualify for the trials with that 407. She's a an elite runner in high school, comes to Oregon and medically retired in October from the University of Oregon track and field team. So she can't run for Oregon. But now she's training on her own and trying to get back into running shape to hopefully one day run again. She might just be back in Eugene in 2020 for the trials again. Yeah, it's a lovely way that the story ended. I'm going to try and pronounce the disease here. Popliteal artery entrapment syndrome. Yeah, I can't say the first word. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, human anatomy and physiology in high school. But yeah, could you tell us first how you heard about this story, how you heard about her? So I knew of her as an athlete. Yes. And then she just wasn't competing because of the disease, which it was like, it was weird. So she didn't compete and we kind of knew that this existed, that she wasn't competing due to injury. And then when she medically retired, I realized that might be a story right there about the medical retirement. So that was originally what I thought I was going to write about back in October when she first medically retired. And I was packed with football season. So I was thinking I'll do it in the winter term. And then it just came into here. So Turned around and the story ended up being more about the injury and then looking forward. I didn't know she was going to try and come back. I thought she was going to medically retire completely from running. But it's just from Oregon. So she's hoping that maybe she can run in grad school 
And if that doesn't work out, maybe just go straight to the pros, maybe get a contract somewhere. That would take away our NCAA eligibility, but that's a possibility for sure. And then being in the trials is still still a possibility. I mean, her times are better than the 1500s being run in indoor season right now with uh, the national championships right around the corner. It'd be interesting to see those times in the 1500 and the mile compared to her times that she was running back in high school. Because I guarantee you, I can't guarantee, but I'm pretty (laughs) sure that her times back then will be better than those times that were being run or are going to be run in nationals this weekend. Yeah. So could you tell us about how you first reached out to her? Yeah. So this is, this is where it gets interesting for people who don't really understand how it works covering sports. We don't get to just send Justin Herbert a text (laughs) and say, hey, I want to do a story about you. You have to go through a sports information director at a university. So we go through SIDs. She's no longer on the team. So I don't have to go through an SID. Oh, okay. So I messaged her on Twitter. On Twitter? Yeah, I had met her on campus before, introduced myself, and then... I messaged her on Twitter afterwards and said, hey, I would love to do a story about you. Would you be interested? She said, yeah. We met up, chatted once, and then did an interview, and then story just unfolded from there. So that was how it all all kicked off. And um, yeah, she posts really inspirational things on her Twitter. Track Murphy is her username there. Track Murph is her Twitter handle. And she's really inspiring. I think that which is in the story, but she's really inspiring and she's always getting people to reach out to her through her struggles, people with their struggles and uh, just a cool person. So comes out with a, an interesting story. And then I was able to try and put it into some words for the Emerald. Yeah. So when you were talking to her, was it difficult trying to make sure that she felt comfortable enough to open up? It seems like something really difficult to grapple with like being in high school doing the Olympic trials and now you're suddenly told that you have this vascular disease that's making it really difficult to run was that hard hard to make her feel comfortable about talking yeah so I did some pre-interview chats with her and then when I actually bring a recorder out I'm just like I'm just gonna set this on the table let's just keep talking and that's all it is so that's how you try and do that. And you, you have to interview a subject like that very carefully. And it's a difficult subject, injury, because it messes with you psychology-wise. Like or psychologically, it messes with you as much as it does physically, right? So I, I think that the interview is interesting because that process is just unique for an, an injured athlete, I think. You don't really get that very often for stories about players just performing on the field or court or on the track, for instance. But I don't know. It was, I didn't, I haven't really thought about that too much, to be honest. Really? Yeah. It's just for me, it was like a, all right, how I would normally go about an interview. Like I'm, except I know. So I just like, we're talking about just life. And then it just turns into like, okay, so when that freight train hit you, in the form of an injury, what is okay. not a physical freight I train. was a little worried there. I was like, <laughs> that wasn't in there. <laughs> yeah, uh, not in the story. That'd be worse. Um, not a real thing. Just a, just a, yeah. In, I mean, that it, injury, when that happens, then it's, 
talk about your emotions when that happens. Life-changing, yeah. Yeah, and um, it's tough. Tough to get people to open up and talk about their feelings like that when they know that those that discussion is not necessarily private. So when you were talking to her, what was the most surprising thing that you learned? Maybe not even when you were just talking to her, but while you were going through the process of reporting, was there anything that stopped you and you were like, whoa? Besides yeah. the- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She wasn't talking to her family about it during her injury. And that's in the story. She wasn't reaching out to them and talking about how she was struggling. I was very surprised. Most people reach out to someone. She was, wasn't doing that. She was confident that she was going to get back healthy and run for the ducks. Her parents had booked plane tickets, made reservations. And then all of a sudden it's, yeah, no, it's still, it's still an injury. And then her femur got irritated a stre- uh, stress reaction and that rolled her out for the spring season, outdoor season. And it's just this constant, just injury after injury. And then it was this fall decided that and that's the end. Going to have to medically retire in October. So that was the biggest surprise was just that she wasn't reaching out to her family. Most people, if you have, and she, it, the thing is she has a good relationship with her family. It's not like there's anything negative there. She's close with them, but she just didn't want to put that burden on them. And I think she's a very unselfish person. She has a car, so she didn't have a car freshman year. She got a car for her sophomore year now. She drives the freshman around to grocery really nice. shop because she didn't. She would have to rely on someone else. So she goes, I've I got to do that. And Tells you a lot about her. Yeah, it does. She's very unselfish. And she, she left the team because her scholarship, she goes, I'm taking someone's spot on the team. So the NCAA has rules for medically retiring. You you still get to keep your scholarship because because you're physically unable to compete. We can't okay. I can't tell you you have to leave now because financially. So she was able to leave the team and open up a spot for someone else, which is part of why she medically retired. Because obviously she's able to run now. She's still rehabbing, and technically you could see her next year running in in events, maybe even in 2019 still. Yeah, and. I think that conversation about mental health with athletes is definitely something that we've reported on. I remember Maggie. Yeah, Maggie Vanoni had a cover last year about Oregon athletes with mental health stigma, just that type of story. That was a good one. Um, so I definitely thought about that. And this is obviously what made Maddie run the Kate Fagan book and articles, the research. Um, that is really important. I think that type of reporting I think that's something that people have to dive into. Good story in the New York Times as well on Gracie Gold, the figure mm-hmm. skater. There's, it's getting reported. Kevin Love, the basketball player. It's it's getting more reported. I think it's interesting. People are learning more about it. Yeah. I think I remember hearing this phrase. I don't know where I first heard about it, but it's like it's more than like sports is just more than like the numbers that you see on the score box and on their like um, – jerseys it's like about the people who are wearing them and stuff yeah that's what we do as reporters we have to tell those stories you can't just talk about strikes balls and outs you have to talk about the person because they're all people and they all have stories which is why sports reporting is so interesting because you have news you have event coverage you have in-depth features and you have social change going on. And that's why I think sports reporting as a whole is just incredible. And you get a breadth of things. I mean, I've covered, you cover games, but you can also cover 
the Oregon soccer team taking a knee during the national anthem. So you have to be alert to those type of things. It's just very interesting that it's so much crossover within just one section of a newspaper. There's touching yeah. on every single thing from culture to news to opinions to... Yeah, and you see that in the story, yeah? No. Yeah, I would I would say you you do. Um, this story's a little different, I think, to anything that I've ever written because... How so? Normally the comeback stories have been, they're still on the team. So I wrote one about Morgan Yeager on the women's basketball team. And she had a pretty bad back injury last season. She's playing this season. I think I remember that. She's actually. on the team. Yeah. yeah. So she, that was just before the season started or right as the season started. Um, she's on the team. She's playing for a division one team. Like she's still competing. Kate had to, had, had she medically retired. She might compete again. Might. She's hoping to compete again. But if she re-aggravates the injury or goes through another setback, I mean, she had a surgery where they take muscle out of your knee. Ah, oh, jeez. And so you're now destabilized. Your knee is not as stable. Your femur is getting beaten up. That's why she had that, that stress reaction. You you live with this disease for the rest of your life. So she's going to have to try and learn how to run with it. She's cross-training to try and be off of her feet as much there. But, yes, if she stands for too long, she starts to feel the pain from it, which is a problem because the sport – Requires you to be on your feet for quite a bit yeah, of time. Yeah, quite, quite a bit of time. And uh, she's hoping to run 30 to 40 miles per that's week. That's crazy. Per that's a week that's by so the many. summer. So if you're running 30 to 40 miles per week by the summer, you're on your feet quite a bit. Much more than me. So, <laughs> um, yeah, like that's just, it's a totally different lifestyle that you have to take. And it's sacrificing so much just for her to get back into competing. Yeah. So what do you think was the most difficult part of reporting the story for you? I had difficulty getting people sourced. There's just her dad and her quoted in the story. Um, I couldn't get in touch with some people for it, and it was a bummer, but was able to write around it. So that was probably okay. the most difficult part was just being able to tell a story with limited interviews. But I was able to get plenty. Could have been longer from just what I had. Yeah. So could you go into a bit more about how come it's difficult to write this kind of story with having only interviewed like her and her dad? Could you explain that? Yeah. So you don't journalists? Yeah. Yeah. You don't get a lot of other perspectives. And so you get one person's voice throughout. And so now you have to try and tell a story from just one side. So I would have liked to have other people's voices in there, but it's impossible to, or it became difficult to get that to happen. And so it's just a shame that that wasn't a possibility. Um, so the story's a lot different, but it's still, I think I'm still happy with the stories the way it, it is. And it just makes it, it makes you have to write around it. And it takes you into an extra reporting skill where you are double, triple, quadruple checking facts because you don't have other people cooperating these facts. She's like, are you sure? So it was for sure the fall. Are you sure it was during October or November? Like, are you sure? Because I only have one person that I can confirm that with. Yeah. So it's it's rather than maybe going through a bunch of people for it. So I think that's just journalism in general, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think something to say also is like the multiple sides thing is not necessarily like 
one versus the other. Just no, I it's feel just like, perspective. Yeah, it's yeah. like different things. I really liked hearing from her dad that I think that was really telling about how other people saw her who were really close to her. And I really liked hearing from that perspective, as you said. Yeah, that's always good. So when it comes to talking to parents, that's something that we try and do a lot for sports because who knows someone better than your parents? <laughs> who knows you better? Maybe a little too well. Who knows you better? So they know when you've had times that have been tough growing up. He's going to remember that basketball game where she was upset with herself that she probably doesn't remember, right? He's going to remember that time she came home from school maybe and was upset with the way that she did on a test. But she's not going to remember the third grade test, math test she took. But what did she do to do something about it? We're always reminded by our parents about it, things like that. <laughs> and so you get really good anecdotes from parents. Yeah. You get some really good ones. And who doesn't love to talk and brag about their kids? Especially when you have someone who was nearly and could still be an Olympian. There's so much to brag about for her. Um, so yeah, Olympic trials in high school? Yeah. Just starting off of that, too? Yeah. Just that alone is on her resume. It's incredible. So, yeah, parents love to brag. So always <laughs> you always go and get parents for these types of stories because there's no one better to talk to. Yeah. So... In the lead of the story, which is the first paragraph or so for non-journalists out there, you mention a photo shoot that the Emerald did. Could you tell our audience a little bit more about going to the photo shoot with... Oh, are you going to pull them out? Yeah, we're going to pull out the photos for the Facebook Live because I think it's the live. <laughs> These are photos. Um, Who are they by? These are photos. Oh, shoot. I don't know how to say it. I think it's Maddie. Time. Maddie Mather? I don't know if it's Mather, Mather or Mather. Ooh. I don't know, Maddie. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Maddie took some awesome photos. Like, these are just absolutely incredible. So the folks on Facebook Live can see. So the cover <laughs> is of Kate running along Priest Trail, which is now a historical landmark in Eugene. Fun fact. Fun Jake fact. Willard loving that one. Um, <laughs> Jake's recording this. Jake is recording this for Facebook Live. <laughs> Oh, engagement. And <laughs> you can see Kate running on the on Priest Trail, which is wood chips, I guess, and dirt. So <laughs> it's a really cool scene. It was a, a nice, gloomy Eugene day. But she's wearing a pretty special jacket to her. So I went with on the photo shoot for a reporting reason, which was exactly what you have, the lead of the story where I'm talking about the jacket. So pens, pen relays, and Jake is going to have a way better description of what it is than me. But pen relays is pinnacle, really, for a lot of track athletes, high school athletes, mm -hmm. college athletes to run in. And so she's wearing a pen relays jacket. She never wore an Oregon uniform. She never completed, competed for Oregon. She doesn't have a photo shoot of her in an Oregon uniform, running, posing, whatever. She doesn't have it. So for her, this is, I've got to dress up for the occasion. And that is why the lead is what the lead is. So she's running with a smile in this picture. That yeah. is not posed. She just runs with a smile. And that for me was really cool. And so I had to include that in the story. And it tells I you a lot. Yeah, it tells you a lot about her. And 
she's just so happy to run. She was frustrated. So she calls herself a ball of energy, <laughs> especially when she's not running because it's pent up. Yeah. And so that being back on the trail, I mean, she immediately takes off her jacket and goes, all right, I got my pen relays jacket on. Let's go. <laughs> and she starts to run and it's like, Hey, can like, we're doing the photo shoot and she just keeps running. She doesn't mind. She's more than happy to do it. And I think that talks a lot about her character, but being there for the photo shoot helps me grow this trust. She trusts me already. Now she needs to trust a photographer. It's not easy when someone comes up with a camera yeah. and sticks it in your face. Especially when you're Especially running. Especially when you don't know them. Yeah. <laughs> um, she didn't know Maddie. And so having me there, it helps go, okay, trustworthy person. And not to say like that we're trying to deceive her in any way. It's just it speeds up that process of trusting them. And you get the photos quicker and you might get better photos because there's such a growth in trust quickly. Could I ask something about logistics? Yeah. How did Maddie get the photos while she was running? Was Maddie just also running? I was a little confused by that. Which which ones are you referring like the main one? Yeah, the main one. Um I remember seeing I think one online of her like she's a bit of a blur. Yeah, so that's that's like a little thing on the camera that you do. Um, okay. shutter speed, I think is what they you, you're messing with on Photojournalism. Um yeah, so that she's just manipulating the shutter speed for that photo specifically, but for the cover, she's she's on the trail just ahead of her. And Kate's running right at her. And at the very last second, Kate darts by and runs past. And okay. so Maddie's able to get those photos of her running at her. And uh, you can't really get those on a track during a meet <laughs> because yeah, you can't be little, on the track. Yeah, a little tough. So that's what makes these photos just different to normal track and field photos. Obviously, the one... Priest that, Trail 2 has a lot of historical significance. Of course. To runners. Of course. And that's why she's here one of her quotes she says i'm still here because it's here and you're seeing all these runners while we're there we're seeing all these runners just running by you don't see that anywhere else just people are always on a run jake for instance showed up here after a run oh you did oh yeah yeah i did <laughs> people in this town love running and so to be able to report about it, it's part of why i came here was to cover hayward field events. really yeah huge selling point for me to, to come to the university of oregon to report on Hayward Field events. Where Hayward Field again? and Austin State. Southern California. Southern California. Yeah. All right. Just a quick flight. So we're coming near to the end of this podcast. Aww. Aww. Is there anything that you wanted to mention before we wrap things up here? That's a tough one, man. I'm giving you the tough questions. Yeah. On the other side of things Goodness. now. It's so, I, I don't like being interviewed. I'm, I'm going to stick to being the interviewer. Yeah. Man. Um, just for what this podcast is, it's how it's reported. Yes. So I think something that I just, I, you got to mention, I guess, is just you keep reporting on this. So I'm going to stay in touch and keep up with her career. And that's what you, you have to do on these type of things and check in and make sure things are going well and just making sure that you're able to keep yourself still in touch with the story. You can't just parachute in and out, right? You've got to, you've got to keep putting in that groundwork. You, it's like, it's like sources, right? You want to keep in touch with them because they might break news for you. That's not what I'm, I'm going for there, but you keep in touch because that's just the right thing to do. It's the human thing to do. And being a reporter, you got to treat your subjects like human or like humans, I should say, plurally, <laughs> not just one. 
not just one human. I was about to say that's a great way to end it, but I think that's an even better way to end it. Just a quick correction right there. Yeah. Little edit. I'm, I'm full of those. <laughs> well, I think that'll wrap things up quite nicely on how it's reported this week. I'm Ryan Wynn. I'm Sean Meadow. Thanks for having me on, Ryan. Yeah. Jake, do you want to say goodbye too? Thanks for letting me sit in on a Facebook Live. It's been fun. You guys are awesome. This is a great podcast. So. Thanks so much. And yeah, this is how it's reported. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>